Hello, Consumed listeners. Welcome to the 19th season of the podcast about eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers across California, and especially at its heart, the Central Coast. For this season, I'm chatting with food and beverage legends, people who have made a significant impact on their industries and the palates of generations to come. I think you're going to love it. But before we begin, I want to tell you about some of the Consumed Podcast sponsors. Consumed is sponsored by Mid-State Containers, Cargo Storage Containers, and Refrigerated Shipping Containers for sale and rent in California. You may not understand how Mid-State Containers could change your life, but the truth is many, many guests on the Consumed podcast use Mid-State for their projects. Containers can serve as wine storage units for case goods for private collections and even tasting rooms. They can be refrigerated storage containers for breweries, kegs, and fruit during harvest for wineries. Mid-State Containers outfits coolers and freezers for ranchers, farmers market growers, orchards, and butchers. Containers can make great pop-up coffee bars and berry containers for root sellers. My guest from Season 10, Krista Flieger, from Lonely Palm Ranch, uses her Mid-State Container for an office on her property. Other ideas include schoolrooms, music and photography studios, and there are other things that can be grown, stored, and processed in a Mid-State Container, so use your imagination and get on their website to request a quote, midstatecontainers.com. We all know eating fruits and veggies is an important part of staying healthy. Fresh, local produce has the most flavor and nutrition, but how do you know what's in season locally? Become part of the Tally community as a member of the Tally Farms Box Program. Tally grows their produce and partners with other California farmers to include the freshest and best-tasting local produce you can find anywhere. Farming on the Central Coast since 1948, the Tally family created the Tally Farms Box to make healthy eating easy and affordable. Here's how it works. Select which size box you want, then choose pickup or home delivery and how often you want to get your box. It's flexible for customization and vacation holds, and included in all boxes are tested recipes and storage recommendations. Come be a part of Tally's healthy lifestyle. Visit tallyfarmsbox.com and use promo code CONSUMED for $10 off your first box. That's promo code CONSUMED for $10 off. Eat fresh, eat local, and eat lots of California fruits and veggies for better health. Okay, on to the episode. Fritos were born in 1932. Same for Lay's potato chips. Cheetos came on the scene in 1948 and Doritos in 1966. And then 10 years later, riding high on that snack wave, Taco Works tortilla chips arrived in San Luis Obispo, California. These crunchy, crispy chips originated with Ty Bailey at his Foothill Boulevard Mexican restaurant of the same name. But whereas the restaurant closed, the chips grew more and more famous for their light texture and signature seasoning. Today, Ty's son, Robbie Bailey, runs the operation, and he joined me to share the story behind these rather addictive snacks, the changes they've had to make over the years, and the letters and comments that Taco Works receives about their product. If you are a Taco Works head like we are in the Lewis household, you're definitely going to want to listen in. Okay, here's Robbie Bailey of Taco Works. Robbie Bailey, thank you for coming and talking about Taco Works with me. Such a favorite 
Like you, I'm sure you get it all the time. <laughs> People are intense about these chips. They are. Um, it's 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 hard to believe sometimes when you're in the day to day of yeah. the whole thing. You take a lot of it for granted. You know, it's just like any other business with all the other responsibilities that you have. Um, and so when people come and visit, you know, and they want to stop by, sneak a picture or something, or just see the inside of it, um, you really um, you like shakes you and you're like okay this is what's so cool about these products is it's people meaningful to people when you say people come by where is you don't do tours or anything do you we don't you know we used to um when i was a kid you know my dad is one of his favorite things he used to do is give tours like Aww. cub scout groups you know um over mm. the years the space that the equipment takes up in the factory just mm. doesn't lend itself to easily guided tours so yeah but um, it's people things people ask about all the time. They want to visit. They want to see how it's made. Yeah. Um, they want to just absorb any sort of extra thing related to tortilla chips that they can. <laughs> so it's very cool. So your you mentioned your dad. Do I remember correctly that this that Taco Works came out of a restaurant? Is that right? That's right. Um, I think 1976, mm. a long time ago. My dad was a Cal Poly grad, mm. um, trying to figure out what he wanted to do. Um, he opened up a restaurant um, on Foothill, as one does, I guess. Um, <laughs> I find most of the people here in San Luis, they kind of find some compromise to stay here. Um, yeah, they'll do anything. They'll find a reason, Yeah, start a business like he did. Mm. Um, and it was right on Foothill, uh, right around where the G Brothers Steakhouse is. Oh, on that side yeah. of Foothill. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was probably only a restaurant for about three years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, he was always trying to find a way, you know, to make money in the restaurant restaurant industry is really tough so Mm. mexican food making tortilla chips on the side at the time there wasn't very many mexican restaurants the mid 70s only pepe delgado's right yeah not not a whole lot Um, but increasing the popularity people loved the addition of chips and salsa with the food Mm. he experimented a lot with his customers he had a little seasoning salt here and there because he used it at home and he would vary how much he used what kinds of seasonings he used Mm -hmm. everybody giving feedback day to day he'd get regular customers oh you need a little bit more of this a little bit Mm -hmm. more of that and then once he hit on that you know customers suddenly just wanted to come just for the chips they're like hey i just want to buy chips where can i get these chips so then that's kind of where it started well he's like well the restaurant's hard (laughs) and i hate it i know yeah yeah i'm putting words in your mouth but yeah i could see where you're like well people are asking for these chips restaurant's super tough do the math. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, he was limited in parking spots. He, he has all these stories about how he's trying to make money with the restaurant. But mm. with the chips, he could fry in the restaurant, you know, mm. in the morning or the early hours when he wasn't serving food. And so that was a way for him to make extra money. Mm. Um, and so suddenly, you know, the, the demand for the chips became so high that he people were like, where can I, you know, is there anywhere else I can buy these? Um and just so happened across the street, there was a grocery store, Williams Brothers. Yes. And employees there would come and eat at the restaurant and like, mm. hey, we can sell these in our store. And back then you could do that sort of thing. Just mm. take a product that someone made in their kitchen and then sell it on a <laughs> shelf right away. Can't do that now. Wild West. Yeah. But um, and then it, it just kind of grew from there. So, you know, it's kind of spread word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad wasn't a pushy salesman, so it was more word of mouth. Uh, hey, I heard you had this. Where can I buy it? Where can I sell it? You know, other vendors, other grocery stores. 
they were um, wanted something unique, something new, something local. So mm-hmm. it was, it, you know, I'm sort of romanticizing it a little bit, but it mm. spread uh, yeah. well, from there. I love that you say your dad wasn't a pushy salesman. It's so interesting, the things that rise to the top, you know, because it could have gone any number of ways, this product, right? I mean, I'm, how think of how many products began as something like that, like in a restaurant and, um, you know, maybe they're have a local following that's really wonderful, or maybe they fall by the wayside, but to have one that has a local following and grows there, some of this has to have done with, it has to have been done with somebody at the wheel who's doing a good job of managing it or the right time. Also, you know, the right season of the right era that's ready for something like that. Yeah, you know, a lot of the success is sort of necessities of mother invention a little yeah. bit. Um, his restaurant um, didn't last forever, mm-hmm. you know, so he knew he had a good product, right? People wanted it. Mm-hmm. So then it was focusing on, um, you know, how to divide time between the two because uh, you know, after a couple of years, he was having to rent out kitchen space just to fry the chips. Mm-hmm. And he also hired some good people too. So no, no business can succeed without key employees that really, really care about what, what they're doing. Um, and for him at the time, and it could have been a blessing in disguise is that, you know, his lease was up on his restaurant and, um, uh, I believe the owner at the time or landlord, you know, wanted a lot more than Mm -hmm. what he could afford, or at least what the, the restaurant alone could pay for. So he just took a leap of faith, as most entrepreneurs do. Mm-hmm. They they risk it. They have. They're like, okay, I guess the choice was made for me. I'm gonna go do it and see what it can do. Mm-hmm. So uh, he just leapt into some bigger kitchen space, more time to fry up, and just okay, let's see what this baby can do. So. Yeah, and think of how happy. I mean, listen, my husband. I think we have bags up in the pantry right now of Taco Works. He loves those chips so much. And my brother, as you know, loves them. Um, people feel really strongly about these chips. And I like, I love them. I just don't eat them as often. Please don't be <laughs> mad at me. Um, but if he, if your dad hadn't taken that risk, I mean, there's a serious place of happiness that would be unfilled if he hadn't done that for so many people. You, you know, I haven't thought about it that way before, but um, it's absolutely true. Uh, it's over the years, so we've been making chips for decades and decades and decades, yeah. and we, to this day, still get stories from people mm-hmm. where, and they want to share these stories, and so, hmm. it and they're, they're hilarious stories. Tell and, me some of these stories. Well, okay, so um, one of the funniest ones, I think, that just popped into my head just thinking about this now. So this happened a couple years ago. I think it was like a FedEx driver came in. He's like, oh, Taco Works. Oh, my gosh. You guys will not believe the stories happen. Okay. My wife, we just had her baby, but when she was pregnant, she made me at about 10 o'clock at night go over to the drive-in and buy a ticket to get in just to buy the nachos made with your <laughs> yes, tortilla <that's>... chips. <laughs> at Sunset Drive-In? Yes, at yeah, Sunset yeah. Drive-In. <laughs> and first of all, I was like, well, you're going to be a great dad. You make <laughs> yes. choices like that. Yeah. But, um, and so there's tons of stories like that. You know, people involving the chips uh, in, the wet, in their weddings. Sure. <laughs> um, there are people on their own, like, create 
these photo essays of, you know, taking their chips with them. Oh. Say they're from, they grew up in San Luis, but now mm-hmm. they live on the East Coast. Well, when they come here, we, there's many people that are like, I need to buy these chips yep. before I hop on the plane yep. and take them home with me. And that one person is really funny. They made a story about taking their chips, you know, precious check on luggage oh, uh, so that it couldn't cute. get crushed. Um, it is, it is at that level where people who are from here particularly yes. and don't realize they can't get these chips far away. You don't realize how much you love something until you're away from it like that. that that's true. And it's, it's one of, you know, this area is a tough area to live into. So, and a lot of people yeah. come here for school, Cal Poly, mm-hmm. and not everybody can stay after college. So they go away and, you know, some of those those fond memories that you have in sort of your, you know, rite of passage through the area. Um, mm-hmm. If you can't find them, you, you, those moments that remind you of, you know, the good times that you had are really uh, powerful. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an honor to be a part of a lot of those things. Um, I think, you know, tortilla chips too, they're, they're sort of ubiquitous. They're involved in lots of things in yeah. the background, right? Like from a simple side snack with your sandwich at lunch to, yeah a party or a graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're in the background, but they're there always with all these positive. We need them. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Especially Californians, you know, we, and, yes. well, the whole West, I mean, they're really important to us. And I hadn't even thought about until you said it, that having chips and salsa on the table was very much like a Mexican restaurant, um, movement, I guess, like mm-hmm. in the seventies, maybe even before that. But now, you know, there are certain kinds of Mexican restaurants you sit down in where they've got the Spanish rice and they've got the, you know, refried beans and you get the basket with the chips on the table and we come to expect it. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like Taco Works was kind of born at the same time as all of that. Yeah, you know, people, it's, it is. And I, it was a huge, huge growth, I think, in popularity of Mexican food that continues mm-hmm. today. You know, at that time, it's kind of interesting. Doritos as a, was That's just right. growing. They, it's hard to imagine that they were not everywhere already. Right. But they were growing at that time, too. And, mm. you know, we're just, you know, they, they had big growth in Southern California around that time. Is that where they were from? Um, it's, it's complicated how the whole business got together, but yeah, Yeah. they were produced, um, um, a lot of those chips were produced down by a co-packer down in Los Angeles before they became what they are now. Funny to think that you were, was it, were they a little bit before Taco Works or was it like the same time? They were a little bit before, um, but it was kind of the wild, wild west of snack mm-hmm. food out there. A lot of in the 80s and, and late 70s, there was a lot of competition for snack foods. There was yeah. a lot of growth of that type of snack food product. Cheetos, um, Fritos, Doritos, all, all the those, O's. Yeah. All of those brands really <laughs> blew up in the late 70s, early yeah. 80s. And so it was a... As I've been told, it's a wild, wild time to be in the grocery store. I can't even imagine. (laughs) I can't. You talking about your dad with the seasoning, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's around the same time that Lowry's Mm -hmm. um, seasoning salt became something that everybody had in their pantry or in their spice rack. And it makes a lot of sense right now that that's kind of like a combination of it's it's a a U.S. thing, a California thing blended with a Mexican thing that makes its own kind of thing. And that's exactly what Taco Works seems to be. Yes, it was definitely a blend of uh, that and my dad's upbringing. You know, uh, I think they definitely always had like a Lowry's season salt growing up and it would go on everything. So 
Um, what we use now is sort of a, a, a derivative of that. And you're not going to tell me what that is. <laughs> no, <right>? that's the <laughs> magic of it, right? That's what makes us unique. Okay, but let me ask you this. Like, how many spices are in there? Is it a t- like I wouldn't be surprised either way if you're like it's one or it's <laughs> or it's 19. It's it's not too complicated. I think the 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 dance is in the amounts of each. So yeah. the, you know, there's a handful. Yeah. Uh, you don't right. need too many, but you know, it's a full palate experience. <laughs> it's enough. <laughs> Actually, it's one of the things that makes I think our chip a little bit different. There's just enough seasoning on it. That you can eat it by itself, yeah. as well as using it with a dip. Yeah. I think with a lot of the regular tortilla chips out there, you know, aside from differences in texture, you're mostly using it as an edible yep. spoon, right, for whatever sort of condiment you're dipping in. Yeah. Whereas with ours as well, you know, many times people are like, "Man, I took this bag home and it didn't even make it to my house. I just doesn't need the, the dip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I mean, a lot like those other snack foods we we're talking mm-hmm. about, like yeah. self-sufficient little." little areas. You have not changed the packaging, I think, ever, have you? Yes. Um, that, I think, gives it character. Totally. Um, I'm so glad you haven't changed it. <laughs> I think when my dad had the original idea for the branding, the packages, yeah. he literally just went for, what are the most obnoxious colors that you <laughs> can pick for? And then just stuck it on the back. And to his credit... If you go down in your grocery stores in the area, people literally, you know, where are the orange chips? The, yeah. Where are the orange bags? And, and it's so like vibrating you can, yes, color. Yeah. You can find it. So some of these displays, you know, this is just a wall of orange. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a good choice by him for sure. Totally. All right. So that was the original. And that's really like, I would guess most of what you sell. Okay. But you also have... The Montana de Oro, mm-hmm. which is like a white corn chip. Is that the difference? Yeah, it's white corn. It's made with non-GMO corn. Yeah. And it's just a plain uh, seasoned salt. No, okay. Or so, sorry, plain regular salt. Yes. Got it. Okay. And about, but the texture is also a little different. It's like a lighter kind of. It's slightly of. thinner and crispier. Yeah. Um, and that just separates it a little bit from mm-hmm. the from the bunch. It's uh, more of like a dip chip yes, in a way. exactly. Okay. How much of that is it that you sell, like in the in the complement of everything you sell? Does that take up a big wedge? It's it's, it's definitely a lot smaller. We mm-hmm. the 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 issue we have um, we don't get a lot of opportunity to showcase our other flavors because mm. we're limited in stores by shelf space. Oh, so yeah. For better or for worse, we sell so much of the orange stuff, orange bags. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like mm-hmm. it sells so much, so they want to keep it in there. Yep. And although it feels like, at least to locals here, our chips are everywhere, um, yeah. the stores here are part of large statewide chains, mm-hmm. and they make decisions um, for sto- in all their stores in their chain. Hmm. So they're not, they don't, can't necessarily give us a bunch of shelf space for different, different flavors. So we get yeah. to, up to the store manager's discretion, we get to include other flavors, on, but they're mm. usually in, you know, they're not necessarily in the chip aisle. They might be in or the like produce. High or like high visibility. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So it's a small percentage, um, but uh, we still have very rabid fans, even for the Montana de Oro chips. We go, we we are an equal opportunity in our household. <laughs> we'll eat all of it. But it's not just the two, is it? Isn't there something else? No, we have we have other flavors in different sizes. So we'll have a, a nacho flavor, a hot nacho. Oh, yeah. We have a salsa flavor, and we have... Um, in the red bags. Yes. See, I remember. And, no things. And one, one flavor that I like, and, and so it's only in these very tiny lunch size bags, the chili cheese flavor. It's actually really good. Yes, it is and really so good. what we're going to be doing later is sort of expanding to larger bags so, so that Yay. people can get it. Yeah. Those are very good. But yes, you only get them in the tiny. Yes. Okay, so places. explain to me the, the slow brew Taco <laughs> Works collaboration. Well. Which, and explain what it is first. Okay. Well, I can hardly take any credit for this whatsoever. This is the brain trust over at Slow Brew, uh, <laughs> led by Rodney. Um, they have an am- amazing marketing team. Yes. They're very good at it. And um, they're always coming up with fun twists, and especially with uh, their beers. They're, they come yeah. up with all these uh, limited releases. And I think you know they wanted to pair it with another local company that was popular, and they're like, Okay, very iconic chip mm-hmm. brand. You know, they were making a Mexican lager beer and a line of flavored michiladas. And they're like, how can we, we got, there's got to be something in here. Chips, beer, mm-hmm. how do we do this? Because it's like the most not yeah. perfect. And, yes. and by itself too, just beer and chips. That's like a classic combo, right? Absolutely. So they approached me and I was a little skeptical at first. I was like, how's this going to work? <laughs> and they basically just said, trust me. And yeah. so... And it was very cool. It happened very quickly. Um, what we, did you give yes, them? Yes, exactly. So this is the cool part. Okay. So we basically gave them tons of baked tortilla chips. Okay. And that's what they used as their source for their beer, for the yeast. To the, and they were... Oh. They brewed it with the baked tortilla chips. With the seasoning on it? They added a little bit, I think, in the end, because I yeah. think with the cooking and everything, it sort of gets lost lost in there. Wow. But. So it does have kind of like a corn mm. flavor. So mm-hmm. it's steeped in, in the mash yes. like tea. And you, like, the responses were insane uh, uh, from Positive? This. Yes. Really? And it was actually, <laughs> I had a really funny story. I was in a store one time, and I saw a display of the beer, and... It's funny, it looked like a, a boyfriend and girlfriend, and they're looking at it. And they're looking at this, and the girlfriend's like, and the, or the boyfriend's like, oh my God, this looks amazing. She's like, I don't know, this looks really disgusting. <laughs> so I think it was. I know, actually wondered. I yeah. really did. I was like, oh, I don't know. About because, this. you know, after we, you know, you, you, they, you know, came with the, the beer recipe, they're like, well, what do we make the can look like? And I'm like, well, it's got to look like the bag, right? So, so smart. Just the, these cans, if you haven't seen it, they just look like mini. Taco Works tortilla they chip do. bags. Yes. And so when you're looking at it, it, ha- it has the picture of a window, you know, with the yeah. with the chips in it. You're kind of wondering, are wait, are there like floating pieces of chips in here? <laughs> what's what's going on? So um, there's no chips in there. But, yeah. Uh, well, but used to flavor it, but then uh, there are no yes. chunks in no, the beer. There's no floatings. <laughs> no, nothing floating in the beer. That is too funny. Is there any left? No, we did a couple limited releases mm. uh, with it. I think a couple years back to back, and nothing since. So we'll, we'll was, see about in the future. The packaging was amazing. Yeah. I, re- I do remember thinking, "Oh my god, this cannot be real," and it's fully real. <laughs> it looks like joke, like somebody thought, hey, wouldn't this be funny? 
And it, no, it's for real. Yeah, and it was actually a good tasting beer. We, we still have people that contact us. That, um, they're like, where can I buy this beer? Where can I find it? And I have to disappoint them. It's no, very sad. I know, it is. But. <laughs> That's very sad. Tell me about how the chips, I mean, I'm picturing your dad. Was he buying uh, corn tortillas from the beginning or you guys don't make the corn tortillas, do you? So that's it. So we did go through a big change in how we made the chips. Um, when it started, it was real tortillas, corn tortillas, and they were cut and fried. Um, and then once the operation grew a little bit, he was still making tortillas, um, curing them and then chopping and frying them. Yeah. And then it expanded into, you know, working with family up into the Santa Cruz, Santa Rosa area and Ventura area where he would make all the tortillas, um, mm-hmm. and, and they would and ship them there and then, then they would fry them there and bag wow. them there. Uh, but then, uh, what happened, um, in the early eighties, mid eighties, I believe, um, we switched how we made the chips. So instead of making tortillas, cutting and fried them, we basically made masa dough and, mm-hmm. and it's in a continuous process. It cuts out the triangle shapes. Ah, okay. Kind of like instead of like, yeah, because I'm sure there's a certain amount of waste with. Yeah. And then there's just the timing and a little bit inefficiency. So the texture is different. I'm sure everyone's had real tortilla chips yeah, from a tortilla. And then, um, um, they're, they're a little bit, uh, thicker and a little bit, a little bit chew. And since you mention it, you can sometimes see the grain Mm-hmm. is different on the cut and now it makes more sense because it's being cut from a larger thing. Mm-hmm. Am I am I saying the right thing about that? Like it doesn't go with the grain like oh, I don't even know what I'm saying. If I had one in front of me, I could explain it. But like the tire tracks of how the tortilla was made, they aren't lined up necessarily with the cut. Yeah, so sometimes with the tortillas, corn tortillas when they're made, you'll you might see like uh, impressions from the slat of the oven. So the ovens are, have these horizontal slats and so they'll have a texture or pattern to them. Yeah. And so when they're cut from there, you'll see that with ours, um, you'll see a different, they call it like a toast pattern because Mm -hmm. it goes into a continuous, uh, belt for an oven and sort of the belt impression that toasts the chip and you'll see that different pattern. So they're not fried. They will be fried. So that's what's interesting. Okay. They're baked first mm-hmm. and then they kind of cool and chill out for a little bit and let the moisture sort of spread evenly and mm-hmm. then they'll dip into a fryer. Well, then they'll get seasoning afterwards. So You say that there's a lot of equipment in that building. Yeah. I mean, is there any more room for equipment? Are you at the end of what you can <laughs> no, produce? No, we are bursting at the seams um, right now. And so this... Uh, we're looking for space to grow. Mm-hmm. It's a good problems to have. Yeah, um, <laughs> totally. But uh, yeah, so we're, we're definitely excited for what, what the future may bring because uh, this is, you know, word of mouth. It, mm-hmm. it feels like um, recently, you know, people have been coming up to us like, oh my gosh, you guys are everywhere. Are you guys national? And it's just, it's, we're not even close to that yet. But it, it if, does it feel that way. Like As a local, here. it feels like it. Um, but, you know, we are getting into a lot more stores spread out, you know, throughout the, the, the Western United States, which is great. Yeah. And um, a lot of it is just through word of mouth. I mean, it's taken 45 years, but the word of mouth through uh, many, many people or many times is, is finally <laughs> paying dividends. And you've never pushed hard to get it out there? No, it's, you It's know, mostly just kind of growing on its own? We have a $0 marketing budget. We spend nothing on marketing. 
the what and I don't know if that's a personality thing for me, but how we... How, <laughs> I think how, it might be. <laughs> how, how we like to do is let the product speak for itself. Yeah. So what, our, what my favorite thing to do is provide chips um, to people who use them to, for fundraisers and donations. Yeah. So all any basically, I shouldn't probably say this, but anybody who asks for chips and for a mm-hmm. donation or a fundraiser, we just give it to them. You know, they, I know this, yeah. you know, I know this. <laughs> I have to tell, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but years ago, this had to have been, oh gosh, it was before my daughter was born. So it has to have been like 12, 13 years ago. I, my brother was stationed in Abu Dhabi or sorry, Saudi Arabia with the air force. He, we're from here. And he was absolutely like having the hardest time. You know, the food was god awful. And I thought, you know, I bet I bet Taco Works would make him happy. And I, but I also thought, I don't know if I can get the stuff across, you know, to him. But I bet Taco Works could. And I would love to like bless him with a lot. And so I asked you to send over a cube, and you said yes. Um, and you asked if there should be any note on it. And I said, just, you know, tell him a little birdie said that he missed his chips. I don't know actually still if he realizes it was me who sent it, <laughs> but yeah, that was really, really sweet of you. And I mean, that's why I asked you over is I thought this guy's cool. That was amazing. I'll never forget it. So, but you do that for a lot of people, a lot of different kinds of fundraisers. Yeah. You know, it's, it, <laughs> we're only here because of the community and you guys, you know, are the ones supporting the local brand and the chips. It's, uh, I feel like it's just part of that process. So, you know, mm. we, we give back as much as we can, you know, to the mm-hmm. community. Um, and, and it's great to be a part of that. I will say, fortunately, it's also easy to make chips that aren't very expensive. We're not like making, mm. uh, expensive widgets that we have to give out. Um, true. but true. you know, these are these, and that, in a lot of ways, that's the, the amount that it makes people happy is yeah. is so impactful and and so you know n- and no one's taking advantage of us from that you know everyone is yeah. so grateful um, that and it's just it's just a wonderful thing to be a part of. You say that the local community has supported you so much. We have, but we wouldn't do that if we didn't like the way it tastes. You know, <laughs> like there are a lot of products that it's like, oh, I support this person. I love what they're doing, but if the thing isn't very good, we're not going to keep buying it. So staying. True to the original product, I'm sure, is just of massive importance. Yeah, it is. It's it's also a, a, it's one of our biggest challenges, but it's not a big challenge. It's just is to resist any change mm-hmm. to the product. Uh, the product is very, 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 very similar to how it was since the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, and that is tough with a food product because food is so susceptible to trends mm-hmm. um, and what. Um, is considered, you know, healthy or good for you or, um, you know, all these other issues. We have choices now, learn about our foods, uh, where it comes from, where the products Mm. are made. Uh, You know, it's so, it's been challenging to deal with that because there's temptations to modify it in certain ways. But um, we've just, we know that primarily the focus should be how good it tastes, right? You're making food. Um, and you can have a lot of different things involved with that food, but if it doesn't taste good, mm. it's got nothing. Yeah. So. And you know, I, I mean, you may w- not want to keep this in the recording, but I'm going to say it anyways. I mean, here you have a product that's fried, 
Like there's no getting around that. That's what makes this thing. And so in terms of like saturated fat, yeah, it's going to have, it's going to have fat in it. You know, that's the, the nature of the product. I would imagine as you traveled through the nineties with like anti-fat stuff that maybe those were some leaner years. Yeah. That was one of the big things. Um, the, that came to my mind and one of the big things that affected my dad is, and I don't know why he started with this oil, but originally his chips were fried in coconut oil. Oh, and if I'm I'm knowing my dad, it's probably because it was cheapest at the time. (laughs) Well, it worked because it's that flaky, like light. I remember that it was coconut oil and you changed that at some point. Well, at the time what happened was there's this huge fad about, Coconut well, oil specifically. Coconut oil, saturated fats mm-hmm. being bad for your heart. Um, and so that definitely affected sales. And so he switched, you know, had to switch oils because of that. But then it affected the taste because yeah. the saturated fat has like a, leaves a sort of silkier, smoother, you know, uh, taste on your tongue. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, other things that went through were which didn't affect us too much, but like cholesterol and oh, for salt. Sure. So anything yeah. high in salt was bad for you. So that's when a whole bunch of no salt snack foods went out. But again, mm. with snack food, things need to taste good. You never changed the salt content? No. What, good what for we, you. What we tried to do was when those things happen, we would make a different product. So mm. we'd make a no salt option or a different oil option. You um, did that? Help. Yeah. At the time, I, I actually, that might have been part of what happened. The, what helped uh, start the Montana de Oro. Cause I, I believe at that time it was a different oil mm-hmm. that it was made with. Um, but those are challenges that we face. So it's, but those are going to happen. Uh, and it sounds like you have pivoted with those a little bit. It's not just, this is the product forever and ever, and we're never going to change it. It sounds like you have tweaked, but you've stayed true to like, it has to taste this certain way. Yeah. And trust me when we, People will let us know when we stray away from the taste. Uh, we, we have people constantly tell us that there's not enough seasoning and too much seasoning <laughs> that happens. So we tried and actually, you know, it's one of the reasons we started uh, doing this as a trial um, and you can buy it from our website, but we started selling our seasoning by itself in seasoning jars. So we, that you can increase yeah, if you so need to? Yeah, so we figured to. if people who really love the seasoning and they want more, I mean, I, we get a lot of stories too where people like look at, because you can see a lot of our chips in the bag through the clear window and they, they try to hunt and hunt for the bags that they see where they have the most seasoning in it. Oh my gosh. Um, so we figured if we have this product, then they don't have to worry too much. And people are crazy. <laughs> people are crazy. So when did you take over in terms of like kind of being point person for the brand? Um, I... Grew up here in San Luis. I left after high school to pursue a totally different career. What was that? I was very much into science. Mm -hmm. So I got a degree in biology. And I I wanted nothing to do with Taco Works, by the way. (laughs) Um, Common. um, I mean, that's why I asked, because I think that's kind of (laughs) common. Where'd you go to school? So I got a degree in biology at UC Davis. Yes. Uh, I really liked science and I just had a curious open mind. Um, I ended up going to grad school at University of Texas in Austin. Lucky. I got my PhD in cell and molecular biology. Oh, I hear him thinking he's going to talk about his bachelor's and isn't that charming? And then he came back. No, you have your PhD in 
in molecular cell and molecular cell biology. And molecular. Yes, it's. <laughs> I can't I, even say. Yes, um, I was there for quite a while, six years. Then I went in the Bay Area. I was at Stanford, postdocing there, studying developmental biology. You're crazy. I okay. Know. But uh, I got to a point where, although after high school I wanted nothing to do with the family business, I was at a point in my career where I was going to take um, either a major leap of commitment into, say, academia. That's mm -hmm. what I was interested in. And so I knew if I took that, I couldn't go back. So there was always in the back of my mind going, what, you know, what opportunities would there be mm. in the family business? And I never actually asked my dad ever, like, what would there be? Not because you were afraid of going into science, but because you knew if I go, like, this is the step where if I do this, I can't turn around. Right. Okay. And I, I didn't want to think what if or, or mm. you know, how could, I wanted to at least flesh out that option and rule it out if mm. it didn't work out. And then I'd be confident. There's also time, too, when my dad was winding down the business a little bit just to make his work-life balance mm -hmm. comfortable. So, and none of my other family members were involved. So it was a time where I was like, well, if I check in and there's an option for me, then, you know, things work out with my dad, then mm -hmm. I could see something happening there. You know, San Luis is obviously a good place to raise a family and kids. Mm -hmm. I, you take that for granted growing up here. You totally, I did, <laughs> I did for sure, yeah. Um, and so I ended up just um, taking a week down here by myself, hanging out with my dad, seeing what his day-to-day -day was and everything. Mm. And I remember now I'm just, I'm insanely busy now with work, but I, it was funny because at the time, you know, I asked my dad, is there an opportunity here? He's like, well, there may be, but I have no idea what you would do. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. sure. And I'm like, I think I can figure something <laughs> out here. So um, it was a big leap of faith coming down once I decided that this would be, I, I yeah. dragged my, my wife and my young son uh, mm -hmm. down here with no real secure opportunity for, for her, my wife. Um, so she really trusted me. Um, but... And I didn't know what it would be like working with my dad. Like it would be basically be Great across question. the desk. Great question. Yes. And, and Bring your son to work day. Yes. And that fortunately worked out really well. Okay, so good. I, but I had no idea at the time and it was a, it was an oversight significantly on my part, but mm -hmm. worked out perfectly. So it was great to actually spend all this time with my dad. Um, mm -hmm. That was in 2012, moved here. And then I really started taking over things probably about three years after that. Okay. Um, and then right around COVID hit, um, yeah, I was well in control of almost everything. So I was telling my dad, hey, you know, you don't need to come down here anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a lot of the risk factors associated with, <laughs> yeah. with uh, COVID. So I was like, just stay home. Mm -hmm. And that was just a fortunately uh, convenient time. Yeah. yeah. You know, I still, it was very hard for him. Um, to deal with it because TalkWorks was everything that yeah. he's ever known. Oh, I, um, I would imagine you have a much greater respect for how he worked. A hundred percent. Like, I, I, I think entrep I, you know, I, I run TalkWorks and have been good at growing it, but mm -hmm. starting a business, I think, is a different breed of person. Entrepreneurs. Uh, I, I'm. It's a little ironic because. I'm very risk averse. Yeah. Um, and to be an entrepreneur, you really need to. You just, can't have that you can't. part. You just got to go. Mm -hmm. And you say, 
take the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> well, so have you, that's so interesting, Robbie, the, the whole you going off and, and pursuing to a certain point academia. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find yourself, well, do you, was it worth it to you to do that? Is it still worthwhile that you did that for I, yourself? I don't live personally. I don't, I don't live with like regret. So yeah. It was a lot of time for very little pay <laughs> to yeah, spend. Yeah. But the skill sets that I learned, both soft skills and, and hard skills, and just the way to evaluate things in life, sort of like a scientist's um, way of thinking, yes. how to approach things, how to approach mm-hmm. unknowns, to be okay with failure because that happens all the time in mm-hmm. science, to learn from your mistakes and to make changes. Failure's productive, all, yeah. So those are all good things. I happen to have good mentors mm-hmm. through academia, and my I, I was a bit jaded in sort of what that career would become mm-hmm. once I got there at the end, but the experiences that I had I were, I, I definitely wouldn't be who I am today without those. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I studied art history and music in college, and um, I don't do anything with those professionally now, but there's something very important about being, you know, away from mom and dad. I I am fully on here with Mm -hmm. this and um, succeeding and absorbing critical skills and critical thinking there, there is a place for that in any business, any kind of employment you find. It's always going to be beneficial. I feel really strongly about that. And um, it's interesting as I think about my own kids, it's kind of a different world. I don't know when you graduated high school, but it's probably close-ish to when I did. And at the time, higher education was like, that was it. You're going to do it. If you get to do it, you have made it. And now I don't know that that's exactly the case. I think very much so, but there's other, I think there's an awareness of how much it costs. What's the cost benefit analysis on it? And sometimes it's not as high as we maybe once believed. So I'm, wow, I'm tangent here, but I I think about how, how do I talk about college with my kids? Um, and if I can ask, how do you talk to your kids about college? We do. We think it's important for our kids. We start, you know, my oldest child, he's, he's 13, but Mm. you know, and so right now the conversations are are just about, you know, what, what it is and Mm -hmm. what we, why we think it's important for him. Uh, like, like you're saying, there's a lot of, it's not the end all be all. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. But I think if the good thing about it is it sort of forces you to interact with new people, Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully a diverse environment, diverse thinking to help, you know, a lot of people nowadays with social media and stuff, they're, they develop these little echo chambers where Mm -hmm. they have an idea of how thing works. And then they only hear from people Mm -hmm. who believe the same thing. And I don't think that's very productive for sort of your mind evolving into other thoughts. So, so I think those are the way of thinking is most important. I think you can be successful if you have the right mentality. And I think, you know, college can sort of force you to do that. Mm -hmm. It puts you in those experiences, but it's not necessarily. So if you already have a very open mind and you already are getting opportunities in other ways, 
then you'll, you'll to be, be challenged for overcome. sure. Yeah. That's yeah. such a random thing to ask you, but I mean, your education, <laughs> it begs the question. Um, well, if you, I mean, you, it sounds like you're doing good things to grow and expand the brand, but you're saying you're bursting at the seams. Mm-hmm. Do you have plans to move anywhere? And would you move outside slow? Yeah, so that's that's the million dollar question right now. Uh-huh. Um, Cuz you're going to pay a lot less elsewhere. Yes. So there's and you know there's uh, it's not unique to us. There's tons of businesses in San Luis that are looking at the same things too. Yep. Um So uh, for us right now it's a uh, image we want to stay in San Luis. There's mm-hmm. that's what helped us to become who we are. Um, you know, there's, if we're cold hearted in business, you know, that business minded, there's, there's different areas, but then me, um, you know, we're privately owned I mean, we don't, mm. we're not having to answer to anybody or grow at all costs. That's so, true. Uh, we're able to make compromises and, um, no, we definitely want to stay in the, um, at least the County. Yes. Uh, yeah. San Luis is difficult in terms of the type of building we would need. Yeah. Cause um, you guys are out like, um, Capitolio or Sacramento. Yeah. Like we're that? off of Sacramento, Sacramento. And believe it or not, when I was in elementary school, that was quote unquote outside of town <laughs> it, in, it a, was. In, a, in a cul-de-sac. I remember, oh. you know, there was a horse across the street that would feed chips, you oh. know? So, <laughs> so nowadays, you know, like rush hour, there's cars blazing around yeah. this corner in yes. Sacramento, you know, while we're trying to back in 53 foot trucks. So, mm. um, it's, it's difficult to find the type of industrial space we'd need. Um, but, uh, we're, 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 patient because, yeah. um, we want to make sure it's a good fit. So yeah. we're not going to make any panic moves. That's for sure. I love that. You're like, you know what? It's not a necessary thing. It sounds like you're willing to be sustainable about it mm-hmm. at, at the expense of growing crazy, you mm-hmm. know, but you've been doing it for 45 years already. <laughs> you could probably manage to keep going on that trajectory. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're not in any, any rush. We're, we're happy where we are. And you know, I, I like living here, so. So do I. I know. <laughs> Zero marketing budget is so funny to me because as you say that, I'm like, I, I don't think I've ever seen an ad for Taco Works ever, ever. And getting you to come here and talk about it was not necessarily easy. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you were hard I, to play well, hard to get. I, you know, that's, I, I am my worst salesman, worst marketer. I, it's, it, you know, I'll be say like, you know, coaching my kids soccer team and, and, you know, someone, it'll, someone later be like, Oh, you own taco works. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And he's like, why don't you have chips with you always? And I'm like, I'm, I'm just bad. I'm bad at my job. I'm sorry. No, you're not. No, <laughs> no. It's a, I think it's a little bit of projection. I mean, I, I don't like when things are pushed on me, you yeah. know, by that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I don't do it, but I'll tell you that. Oh, like salesy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Here's here. Take this, take this yeah. swag. So, so while we do have a zero marketing budget, I wouldn't say it's the fastest way to grow. <laughs> But it's, it's That's definitely, okay, though. It's That's definitely okay. the strongest way to go. Yep. Word of mouth is very powerful. Totally. Yeah. I have to ask. Well, first of all, do your kids like Taco Works? They, they do. Okay. Um, you know, I, they like the flavored chips, the, yeah. the salsa flavored and the nacho. I, <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of my kids the other day was like, you know, you need to make a cool ranch flavored, oh, you know, like, like Doritos. That right? butthead. I know. But you know, what's <laughs> hilarious about it is I said the exact same thing to my dad when Aww. in the eighties. So, 
Um, All the kids are eating Cool Ranch, yes, Dad. Yes. Right now, it's it's Takis. That's what they want. It's the... huge. <laughs> yep, it's huge. Totally. All right. Well, do you still eat them? You know, I, I don't. I'm Ironically, I'm not a big snack food eater. No, it's okay. But... Every once in a while, every month or so, I'll grab like just the other day. I just I grabbed a bag of chips and I'm like, okay, these are still good. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I don't eat them every day. I I do I do eat them, and it's always nice to like, okay, we're we're, we're still making them good. Yeah. yeah. You know, as you talk about zero marketing budget and like forcing stuff on people, I'm picturing like you know the Green Bay Packer cheese heads. Like I'm picturing <laughs> how how Taco Works could have gone. It's like a big. Um, mascot that's like wearing a big chip on its head and you know we're not like that is not gonna be you ever 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 no it's not and yeah i think when people come visit the factory they're they're like is this is this taco works because it's very is it modest. basic it's very modest looking um <laughs> that's too funny all right well if you were gonna celebrate your last day on earth and you're like I always try to imagine what this person is. I get to know them, what they would celebrate. It's like you worked with your dad. He's built a business that supported your family. You've built onto that business to support your own family. It's locally beloved um, and beyond local. And you're like, you know, it's my last day on earth. This is what I'm going to eat. And this is what I'm going to drink. And this is who I'm going to be with. What are those things? Well, as you might guess, I'm a pretty simple person. I so love it. On, on on the coast, uh, to me, there's nothing better than just any one of our warm beaches on a warm day mm-hmm. with a fish taco and mm. either a Mexican beer or a glass of wine from your favorite winery. And that, that's heaven to me with, with my family there. That is the best. All right. You're going to have to name one of these wineries or beers. <laughs> um, what do you like? You know, the first one that pops to my head is I, I like the, the San Simeon wineries there. Nice. Hearst, yeah, Hearst Ranch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, and so. Yeah. And that, s- like Stolo and those guys? Like. Um, I, I believe it's Hearst Ranch Winery. Oh, that's yes. the one you're talking yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The guys that's up my, in that's San my, Simeon. That's my. That's that's what I think about. And I think of just, just hanging out of that beach. Yeah. To, my oh, family. my gosh. That beach. I don't know why growing up here, did you go to that beach when you were growing up? Just a handful of times. I don't think we ever went. Yeah. When we went to the beach, it was Pismo, Avila, mm-hmm. and Osaflaco, actually. But but that beach during COVID, that's where we went. That cove is magic. It's pure magic. My dad uh, isn't isn't a big people person, so he loved to go to the excluded... The, uh, uh, Beaches that are less like traveled, little treasures, or a little bit up away. Hey, it's a little bit of a hike, but no one's going to be there, and yeah. then you have the whole beach to yourself, and yep. you can run rampant. So, all right, well, that's where you're having your last meal. Congratulations, <laughs> you have the plan set. Sounds good to me. All right, Robbie, thank you so much for coming over. Well, thank you so much for having me. That's it for another conversation on the Consumed Podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Sign up for the newsletter at letsgetconsumed.com and follow along on Instagram at consumed.podcast. This podcast is edited by Chris Lambert and produced by me, Jamie Lewis. Until next time, thanks for listening.